Good afternoon, friends. It is a Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time, which means it's time for our psalm study. I'm excited about what's ahead in this study as we have finished a few sessions of introductory matters talking about the great psalms. And then last week, we're able to look at some uh, psalms that serve wonderfully well as calls to worship. Uh, from here on out, I'm looking forward to being able to share some devotional time with you, actually, because I think that's what the book of Psalms is. It's a it's a devotional book. It's a book of prayer. It's a book of songs. It's a prayer book and a song book, a devotional study, all rolled into one. And um, it's just a great experience to be able to uh, read through these great psalms and spend some time actually worshiping God together, even though we're doing it remotely um, and doing it perhaps even at different times. I see my friends uh, Cindy and Eric Mosley are with us this time, and it's great to see you guys coming in. I know there are others that will be joining us, some live as we're doing this but others will be able to view it uh, on my Facebook page or on our West Irwin Church Facebook pages uh, or on our website a little bit later at westerwin.com uh, in our live stream page uh, under archives. And so it's a great opportunity to be able to worship together. Um, whatever you're feeling, as we have said, uh, the psalmists have felt the same. And what God did through the, the beauty of his Holy Spirit is inspired uh, these men to write those thoughts and feelings down in a way just like contemporary poets or songwriters or novelists would do. Uh, David and the others who wrote uh, our psalms uh, shared from their heart. Uh, honest worship from honest worshipers. Uh, genuine feelings and thoughts about what they were going through at the time. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Last week, as I said, we looked at several uh, psalms that could be served as wonderful calls to worship, where they call all of, of uh, Israel and all of creation, uh, all peoples, all nations, to worship the Lord our God. And today we get to look at a few, uh, a couple of psalms of praise. Today and, and Thursday, we'll look at a couple more. Uh, next, uh, on Thursday, just in a couple of days, we'll look at uh, uh, one of the Psalms, I think, that is actually the most quoted Psalm in the New Testament. And so I'll let you think about what that one might be uh, between now and Thursday. But today we look at a couple of, of great Psalms. One, the first one we'll look at is the very last of the Psalms, Psalm 150. 150 chapters in the book of Psalms, as we've said. Shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117. Longest chapter in the Bible, all 176 verses of it, Psalm 119. Um, and so it's, um, uh, it's a great study. And that Psalm 150 that will serve, uh, at, that serves as the last of the Psalms in our book of Psalms uh, will be our focus at the beginning today. And then uh, right after that, a Psalm that uh, we have uh, taken and used and adapted to form uh, a few great, wonderful worship songs that we still sing in our churches even today. Uh, and those are taken from Psalm 148. Though not all the psalms may be perfect calls to worship, um, a lot of them are. Um, and we looked at a few last week. Uh, and there's many more that we could use. Uh, wonderful passages even from some of the psalms. 
Um, a lot of them can be used as a call to worship in the worship assembly. Many of the Psalms offer praise to the Lord for his goodness. They call on creation, as we'll see today, uh, to praise the Lord, to join them in praising the Lord. They call on all humanity, as we'll see, to do that. Uh, they call on everyone to remember God's great blessings as reasons for us to be able to uh, sing praises to his name. Um, and as the Lord's people, our focus should be on God and praising God from whom all blessings flow. One of our great songs that we sing occasionally here at uh, West Irwin Church in Tyler, Texas, is um, You're Worthy of My Praise. Uh, starts out, I will worship, uh, and then it continues on. Um, and it says, I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. That's the kind of thought that we're going to be hearing in these psalms of praise. There are many more than the four that we'll look at this week. Uh, we could spend a lot of time in this section. And I hope as you read through the psalms and sing through the psalms and pray through the psalms that you will note that as well. Um, as these so many of the psalms offer up praise to God. And um, the two that we're going to be looking at today certainly do that. Uh, and so the first one is Psalm 150. As we go through these uh, psalms over the next several weeks, I'm looking to not have long lessons. I know when we went through Matthew and then the book of Acts earlier this year in these studies, um, the lessons were an hour long, and I was doing good to try to finish in an hour some of those times. Um, but in this study, in the Psalms, it's going to be a little bit different because these are really devotional times. These, these Psalms that we look at are, are, are just prayers and, and, and songs and hymns of devotion to God and worship to God and prayer to God and praise to God. Uh, so I'm looking at maybe 15 minutes or so, certainly not more than 30 if I can do that each week and, um, and spend some time in these wonderful books uh, and chapters and words of worship. Um, and so the first one today is uh, the last of the Psalms, Psalm 150. And it uh, is a great, great Psalm. It, it it's calls us to worship uh, him and it calls us to worship the one true and living God. And it calls us to worship him for certain reasons. And it calls us to worship him in certain ways. Uh, and we'll look at that in just a little bit uh, as we uh, go through this uh, short psalm that ends uh, the Psalter, the book of Psalms, as we have it today. And so as the psalm begins, it's Psalm 150, and the question is asked, who is to be praised? And the answer is, God is to be praised. Uh, psalm 150, praise the Lord. Um, that's how it begins. And again, we remember what that means. Alleluia. Our term, our, our word, alleluia, is a, uh, is a transliteration of those uh, words. Praise the Lord or praise Jehovah or praise Yahweh. Alleluia. Uh, glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, who is to be worshipped? Well, God is to be worshipped. So many of the Psalms begin this way. Praise the Lord in the New International Version. Alleluia uh, in some other translations. Uh, praise the Lord, the psalmist begins. And then that first verse continues and answers the question, well, 
where is the Lord to be praised? And the answer is, as we saw last week as well, and as we'll see again in in, uh, in Psalm 148, he is to be praised in heaven and on earth. Praise the Lord, verse 1 starts. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. So the idea is the sanctuary of God could be the very throne room of God. Could also be the sanctuary that is his temple, the Lord's temple. Um, but the idea, I think, from the psalmist is that the Lord should be praised everywhere in earth and in heaven. Uh, certainly Jesus, as he teaches us to pray in what we call the Lord's Prayer, calls on us to ask that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in a similar way, the psalmist here says, hey, praise the Lord in his sanctuary, in his presence, uh, and praise him in the highest heavens, the mighty heavens as well. So who is to be praised? God is to be praised. Where is he to be praised? In heaven and on earth. And then verse 2 answers the question, why is he to be praised? And the answer is because of who he is and what he's done. Uh, verse 1, we'll start again at the beginning. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Verse 2, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Those things are true whether we praise God or not. And the psalmist recognizes that. It begins with the who God is. It begins with what God has done. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Because of who God is and what he has done, we praise him. Uh, we don't look to him to do good things for us if we will praise him. He's already done good things for us. For the psalmist, he's already created this magnificent world, including we ourselves. He's created us. And, and so we give him praise and glory and honor. Uh, some have called this the indicative imperative, that we are called to praise God because of what he's already done. He does things for us. That's the indicative. And so we are called to praise him. That's the imperative. We don't have the imperative before the indicative. We don't have to do things to God to receive his blessing. In scripture, God has already blessed us. He has blessed us with his creation. Uh, in the New Testament, he has blessed us with salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so when Paul writes those great books, such as the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, and talks about how when we were dead in our sins, God made us alive. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, that response of faith. And he says that's that he did that before we ever repented. Now we're called to repent because of all the great ways that he has blessed us in the person, in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And so we have that salvation that comes by grace when we respond in faith. And then in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, as God's creation, as God's workmanship, we are to commit ourselves to living a good life and doing good things. Uh, we don't do those good things. We're not called to live that way so that we will be saved. We're called to live that way because of God's salvation that he has given us. That's that indicative imperative. It's similar to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. In view of God's mercy, 
Therefore, let's offer our bodies as living sacrifices. That's the same kind of thing. God gives us his mercy. We offer up ourselves as living sacrifice to him in response. The psalmist says the same thing. We are to praise him for his acts of power, for who he is, uh, his surpassing greatness. Those things are already true. And so the psalmist calls us to praise him in response. And then verses three through five answer the question, how is he to be praised? And the answer is with a crescendo of worship. This psalm, like others that we've already looked at in the Psalms, uh, is uh, written at a time when the Jews were worshiping God. And in their worship, they used instrumental music. And that's that's typical in the Psalms. We certainly see it here in the 150th Psalm. As we've said before, we recognize that we live in a different time. And in the New Testament, we don't find that worship using instrumental music, although they were very familiar with it. Um, just like we don't find the call to uh, praise God and, and offer up animal sacrifices to him or go to before the priest or uh, go to Jerusalem on the, on the special high holy days, uh, such as Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. We don't celebrate that anymore as a religious holiday, although they were required to celebrate it. And and even fast. That was the one day of the year where the law commanded the Jews uh, to fast. They fasted at other times as well. Well, that's not a requirement for us. Jesus expected his disciples to fast. That's clear from the New Testament, uh, and it's not a bad thing for us to do as well. Uh, but seeing it in the Old Testament commanded to us, that's a bit uh, different. That's a bit different. Um, and so as we read these verses, verses three through five, I can tell you the drummer in me loves them. <laughs> as a guy who was a drummer all through junior high and high school and one year of college and, and has held on to uh, that rhythm and that beat, it's, uh, I, I love it. Um, I love it. Uh, and I understand that it was written at that time in the Old Testament days. And so what the psalmist says is praise God with a crescendo of worship. As he writes these words in verses three through five, it starts out quiet. It starts out small and then it builds and it builds and it builds until the big climactic moment when those symbols crash and we hear the blessings and the praises given over to God. Verse three of Psalm 150, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing, praise him with the strings and pipe, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. There's that crescendo that starts with those quiet trumpets or the hot lyre and the harp, and it continues on until finally you hear those cymbals crashing. It's just an incredible way of communicating to us. We remember when Elijah was running uh, from Queen Jezebel in First in Kings 19, and, and God appeared to him. It was the opposite way. God appears to him uh, and 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 uh, Elijah sees a fire, but God's not in the fire, and an earthquake, but God's not in the earthquake, uh, and, and a, a wind, a strong wind he sees at the very beginning, but God's not in the wind. Finally, God comes to him in a gentle whisper, a still small voice. And so that's when uh, Elijah is, is scared to death because he's in the presence of God. Well, in the psalmist's view, it start, It goes the opposite way. It, it doesn't begin with the loud crashing cymbals. It sees them at the very end. 
and uh, and what an incredible moment that is. Who is to be praised? God is to be praised. Where is he to be praised? In heaven and on earth. Why is he to be, be praised? Because of who he is and what he has done. And then how is he to be praised? With this crescendo of worship that we read about. And then finally in verse six, by whom is he to be praised? Everywhere we've already seen in heaven and on earth, but he is to be praised by everyone and everything. Psalm 150 verse six, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alleluia. Everything that has breath, human and non-human, uh, created by God, let them praise their creator. Uh, the animal kingdom will praise the Lord simply by doing what God created them to do. And for humans, we praise the Lord by doing what he has created us to do, offering up this song of praise uh, to him. Let everyone and everything praise the Lord. <clears throat> then we turn to Psalm 148. Psalm 148 is a great, great hymn. It's it's the it's the one that inspired the 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 song uh, in our songbooks, number 74. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore him. Praise him, angels in the height. That's taken right from this psalm. More in the New International Version, in the Old King James Version, the Authorized Version, as it's also called. Uh, it's in the words of Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's that's the way that's translated. And it's the way the song is written. That's song number three in our books. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. From the heavens, praise his name. Well, if you think of that song, hallelujah, praise Jehovah. We sing it a lot here and rightly so. It's taken right out of Psalm 148. In fact, in the older song books, it wasn't song number three. It was song number 148. And I loved that because it was taken almost directly word for word right out of Psalm 148. And just as Psalm 150 builds to that big crescendo at the end of praise, Psalm 148 does that too. But as it calls on all of creation, all of heaven and earth to praise the Lord, it does so by beginning with what God has created, uh, the heavens and the earth and the heavens and the earth. And then it comes down to the earth and it and it starts small and it ultimately ends with the grandest part of God's creation, humanity, ourselves. Uh, this Psalm, Psalm 148, praise the Lord. You see the progression from heaven to the earth, to the inanimate objects, to the animal kingdom, to the height of God's creation, uh, humanity, mankind. Uh, and so we start off in verses one through six with praising the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. We're reminded of creation and how God separated the waters from that were above from those below uh, during creation. Verse five, let them praise the name of the Lord for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. When we come back to uh, the end of this psalm in just a moment, I'm going to read from that great hymn, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, because it will have so much of the exact same terminology. His decree shall ever stand. 
that song says and affirms. Um, praise the Lord, uh, first of all, from the heavens. The next section, which actually is the second and the first part of the third verse of Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, uh, calls on us to praise the Lord from the earth. Beginning at verse 7 of Psalm 148, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. We see this progression again. We go start in the heavens and then we come down to earth and first inanimate objects, uh, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that hear his call. Remember that line from that song? And then we begin to look at um, living creatures. Um, in verse 10, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth verse 11 will begin because we go from the heavens to the earth, uh, the stormy winds, the clouds, the vapors to the animal kingdom, and then ultimately to humanity. And that's where that last part of the third verse of that great hymn gets to kings of earth and all ye people, princes, greatest judges all. Remember that part? That's the, the big finish for the psalmist in Psalm 148. He starts out with the heavens, then he comes down to the earth, the inanimate objects and parts of the earth, and then he goes to the beasts of the field, and then he goes to humanity, and we read that beginning at verse 11. Kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. And then he finishes with the great refrain the great chorus that actually is the chorus in that great hymn hallelujah praise jehovah verse 13 and 14 let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is exalted his splendor is above the earth and the heavens that that great chorus and refrain that we get in that wonderful hymn is taken right from verse 13 Verse 14, and he has raised up for his people a horn, which is a sign of strength to those that would be hearing this psalm read. The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart, praise the Lord. What a great statement. Close to the heart are those people who gather together to worship God, to praise the Lord together. Um, and, and that is where our strength is. Our strength is in worshiping the Lord together, just as this psalmist has written. Uh, God sends us that great message and calls on us to sing his praises. And so instead of reading all of Psalm 148, I'm going to read the English translation of it into a song from more of the authorized version, the King James Version, in a Psalm 148 in that great song, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah. Remember, it starts out calling on everyone to praise him. First of all, the heavens and then the earth. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. From the heavens, praise his name. Praise Jehovah in the highest. All his angels praise, proclaim. All his hosts together praise him. Sun and moon and stars on high. Praise him, O ye heaven of heavens and ye floods above the sky. Just as we saw in that first verse, 
in that first part of Psalm 148, calling on the heavens to praise the Lord. And then the second verse, let them praises give Jehovah. They were made at his command. Uh, he is creator. Them forever he established. His decree shall ever stand. That word that he has given, no one can ever take away. Um, from the earth, oh, praise Jehovah. Now we've moved from the heavens to the earth. From the earth, oh, praise Jehovah. All ye floods, ye dragons all. Now the animal kingdom comes into play. Uh, fire and hail and snow and vapors, stormy winds that hear him call. And then in the third verse, that continues, beginning with the plant kingdom and the earth and uh, other living creatures, ultimately to humanity. All ye fruitful trees and cedars, all ye hills and mountains high, creeping things and beasts and cattle, birds that in the heavens fly. And then finally, just as it does in Psalm 148, this great hymn uh, uh, finds that fulfillment, that climactic moment, pointing to humanity and calling on all of humanity, uh, famous and, and unknown, uh, great and small, uh, all of us to praise the Lord. Kings of earth and all you people, Princes great, earth judges all. Praise his name, young men and maidens, aged men and children small. The great, the rich, the wealthy, the not so great, the small, the ones that nobody knows about. The ones who are rich, the ones who are poor. The ones who are old, the ones who are young. The ones who are in power, the ones who have no power. All are called upon to praise the Lord. And then the great chorus, just as we saw in the last two verses of Psalm 148, let them praises give Jehovah for his name alone is high and his glory is exalted. His glory is exalted and his glory is exalted far above the earth and sky. Amen. Take a look at Psalm 148. Take a look at that great hymn, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, and sing the Psalms as you praise our great God together. Amen.